0: hello everyone and welcome back to the cdl podcast channel in this episode today we are going to be doing our predictions for the first week of matches for the final stage of the cdl season before we head to champs and we are also going to be talking about some of the roster changes uh we are two days ahead of the matches starting uh this is being recorded on wednesday the 22nd so we are two days away from the matches starting and we don't technically officially know what every roster is looking like because they aren't all officially announced we basically have rumors for what they all look like but aren't all officially announced so kind of crazy that we're two days out we don't technically know at the time i hit record on this who florida's fourth is uh, we have an idea um honestly hopefully they have some issues with uh their uh they're picking up their fourth on time and they have to play four ars because that'd be kind of fun if they had to play dave patty uh out of nowhere but without further ado we'll get right into this one if you guys do enjoy on youtube be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe we're approaching that 500 subscriber goal which would be very cool to hit uh, pretty soon. Maybe we'll do something special if we can hit that uh, special video that maybe you guys want to see. Um, if you guys are listening on the audio platforms, be sure to drop a follow on there, drop a five star review if you're able. We really appreciate the support on there as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're going to jump right into roster news today and then do our predictions like we normally do. I'm very excited to get back into predictions. You guys know it's one of my favorite things to do. And uh, it's been kind of a lull here with the CDL. Uh, not Having really any news besides roster rumors because they decided to take another midseason break for a few weeks. Uh, makes no sense to me, but here we are. We're back. We're about to have matches in a couple days. So excited for that. Um, and like I said, talked about doing a player tier list this week, uh, but teams still can't solidify their rosters. We don't technically know who all the starters are for Paris, even though it's rumored. We don't technically know who all the starters are for Florida. So uh, if they all announce, maybe if you guys really want to see it, we'll throw something together on like. Thursday or Friday after the matches, we can throw something together, or we can just do the classic post stage four um, player rankings heading into champs. uh, Because there are certain teams right now that like really aren't going to make champs, so does it make a lot of sense to throw their players uh, in a tier list? Probably not. Um, So maybe we'll just do the post stage four player tier rankings for all the players that are heading to champs uh, and the tier list before champs. So that way I can uh, maybe throw somebody in D tier, then have them win champs or something uh, crazy. But let's talk about some roster changes, huh? First one, Florida. Officially benched Dave Patty and they cut Vivid completely from the team. Picked up Major Maniac in place of Dave Patty. And 2 Real is rumored to be the player coming in for Vivid. But as of the time, like I said, you know, who knows with how close it is. Maybe while I'm in the middle of recording this, they'll announce it. But as of right now, they haven't announced their fourth. It's expected to be 2 Real. Apparently, they also looked at Vickle, who's been on that EU, EU or NA. NA, actually. He is from EU, but I'm pretty sure he's on the NA uh, team for Toronto Ultra, but been a disgusting player all year, and apparently they looked into him, but he couldn't join because he was on a student visa. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that all works. I believe he is a player in the CCL, uh, or was at one point, probably came over on a student visa uh, or something like that, and for whatever reason, that restricts him from playing. I'm not sure all the details on that, Um, so I don't really want to get into that because uh, I'd just be talking on stuff I don't know, so... It says uh, that's what CDL Intel said said because he was on a student visa for some reason that restricted him being able to play uh with Florida so they didn't really have a chance to look at him even if they preferred him but it sounds like two reels joining the roster kind of an interesting move cuz uh, myself included and many other people have been kind of calling for Dave to maybe get benched because I agree with a lot of uh the pundits of Dave Patty saying that you know he's maybe too slow to to be on this Florida roster and it just doesn't fit, especially when they have two other slower players for their position, like Vivid and Skies. Or not excuse me, not Vivid, Awakening and Skies. Uh, Vivid's definitely not slow for his position, um, but two slower players like that, and then they had a guy like Vivid who was ultra lightning quick. Uh, the pacing was just off. I agree, though, that I think Dave could potentially be a CDL player. I do think he definitely has the talent. He has the gun skill. Um, he also has great communication. I think he understands the game well. It's just he doesn't, he doesn't like transition his understanding of the game that you hear through his comms into his gameplay. It's like he is just moving like a turtle on the map and he's not really involved in the play very often. I feel like if he got in the right team that was able to speed him up a little bit and maybe was just um, matching him on his pace, got him to obviously meet them a little bit more in the middle because he can't be playing at this pace uh, no matter what team he's on, but if he was able to get a team that was able to speed him up and make him feel more comfortable uh, with his other players applying applying more pressure, I think it actually hurt him that he had so many slow players in his team because I don't think they were applying the pressure, which kind of allowed him to hide back there and feel like he was making the right play. Um, Unfortunately for Dave, though, he did show us enough talent to prove that, you know, with expansion, maybe next year, if we go to 16 teams, I'm sure a team will be able to take a shot at him. Because also, let's be honest, Dave Patty like, He was kind of memed early in the year but like he's got a pretty good personality and like he was funny he was good in interviews um florida was posting memes of him all the time and kind of used him as like a poster child on twitter like the dude's got some personality he's he's got um kind of just a unique thing about him that is good for marketing so i feel like with his gun skill his communication um and that kind of unique ability to market him and he seems to have a pretty cult-like following like people really love dave uh or they hate him which you know what if you have a lot of haters it's also not bad um on social media for these teams because hey it's at least getting clicks and uh, getting people to comment on your stuff and getting interactions so uh sucks for dave but i think it's probably warranted major maniac though i don't know uh it seems a little weird they're bringing in another main ar to go on this team full of ars skies and awakening kind of more naturally ars they bring in another third ar which everybody was complaining was the problem one thing i will say i do think major maniac will be more involved in the plays he's also known to be slower but i do think he can be faster than dave if needed He's also an elite Search and Destroy player, and he seems to always find ways to win. You know, the whole saying, like, uh, you always hear formal talk about he's so tippable, he's so icy. They all they all talk about how icy Major Maniac is. I think he brings that to a Florida team that is maybe in need of some ice. Uh, granted, they have been pretty good on land. They've beat OpTic twice on land and some upsets, and they've looked okay in general, but I feel like they were kind of in need of some clutch factor, some ice. Major Maniac brings that to the table. Um, still has that problem with multiple ARs, and unfortunately, like, I just don't know enough about two real cause I haven't been keeping up as much with challengers and he seems to be a little bit more of a newer player, at least to my knowledge, because I haven't heard much about him. I've heard the name before, but in like past years, haven't heard a ton about him. I know, um, obviously people think he's very talented. I would assume he's slower than vivid because it's harder to get faster than vivid. He's arguably like the fastest player in the league or one of them uh, up there with a guy like a So I guess what I would say is like, I think Major Maniac will play at maybe a faster pace than Dave because it's hard to play slower, uh, even though Major is also still slow. Vivid and Skies... uh, I keep saying Vivid instead of Big Wake for some reason. Big Wake and Skies uh, play at their same pace, and if 2 Real is able to slow it down from Vivid, um, I guess maybe I could see a world where this could maybe make them better because overall their pacing will be more in sync, which will improve them. I do think the one thing this team has going for them that they could see an improvement is, I think gun skill-wise... Uh, They're still going to be nasty like I don't think major maniac is a step down from Dave. I don't know about two real the vivid vivid has some great gun skill but with the way people talk about two real I assume he's at least pretty close to vivid and then skies and wake are staying the same so gun skill wise they're gonna be able to uh, just fry through teams if their pacing gets a little bit better and they play a little more cohesive um they could get a little better in respawn and with major maniac i got to assume that they're going to get better in search and destroy although vivid is kind of a first blood machine typically so kind of hurts to lose him but i can see a, a way where this team improves i just don't know that the ceiling goes up that m- that much higher so i don't know if i see them being much more than a top six team but a uh, decent chance they could make it into champs because i could see this this team finding a way to go like a three and two get in winner's bracket and find another top six or something that gets them enough points to sneak in as like a seven or eight seed all right moving on to to boston where vivid went uh drop from florida goes over to boston he subs in for cap uh vivid in for Capsidal. they keep methods tj uh and nero in the starting lineup vivid joins for cap uh, i don't like this roster move i've been calling for boston to make a change uh, for a long time even since they were doing uh very well in the beginning of the year kyle and i talked about it a few times um don't know how much we talked about it on the podcast really but i was constantly saying to him like yo boston's gotta make a change like I think they're having some good finishes kind of make them delusional as to how good they are. I feel like they were always a solid team. Like I always say it, Boston was always going to play you close. They were going to be good at search and destroy. If they could take a respawn off you um, or if they could take two off you, they'd basically guarantee a series win because it's almost impossible for them to lose two searches. Uh, And I really felt like that. And I still kind of feel like even if they would have kept their current roster, they always still would have been a really good search and destroy team. If they take a respawn, they have a good chance to beat you. I just don't see how this improves them. Like, technically, I could see them getting more wins because they really struggled recently. Like, they finished, what, top 12 uh, at the last event, so they can't technically get worse, and they didn't have a good uh, record in the in the qualifiers. But I just don't see how much this makes them better. I guess Vivid maybe puts a little more pressure on the map, but Cap was providing plenty of pressure as well. Um, to me, if they wanted to bring in Vivid, I would have liked to see it for Nero. Now, don't get me wrong. Nero is a fantastic search and destroy player. His slaying is a little inconsistent. And what I what I always said about this team is, I like their teamwork. I like their search and destroy. I think they have a lot of ability, but I don't think that their slaying upside is there to be able to beat the top teams. And they could never. They always got smoked by phase and respawns, uh, smoked by the top teams and respawns. And it seemed like that that's where the gap was. Like even with the old roster, I would trust them to go toe to toe with anybody in search and destroy. That doesn't mean I think that they're better than everyone in search and destroy. That just means that I think. You know, in a series, they could go toe to toe. If it went to a map five, I feel like they could take a map five off anybody, not meaning I'm going to favor them, but I could see them taking a map five off of anybody. There are certain teams in the CDL where it's like if they go to a map five against uh, some of the elite teams, like if they go to a map five against uh, like an optic from early in the year in search and destroy when they had illy or like an ultra who's always very good at search uh or a phase who's not good at search this year but is typically good at search like if if they go up against one of those very good search and destroy teams there are certain teams you just think have zero chance thieves would probably be one of that team uh one of those teams that you don't think have a chance in a map five um but i would say boston's one of those teams that i think would always have a shot in a map five with that old roster i still think they're gonna be a very good search team with this roster I just think it doesn't improve their respawn. And, like, you know, there's a honeymoon period. This might look stupid uh, when they first start playing. Like, they might look better in respawn just because of a roster change. You know, they freshen things up. Vivid is a very good player. Um, and maybe he's a little bit better than Cap. Who knows? But I feel like this team needed a, a punch into the team where, like a slaying punch where it given the highest upside. And I think Vivid has a higher slaying upside than Nero because of his pace. And if he, if he really gets on a team where uh, I know his KD looks pretty horrible this year i think he's one of the bottom kds because uh his team was maybe playing so slow behind him and kind of leaving him out to dry on florida but i feel like if he was on the correct team with the correct pacing we know tj can speed it up and play pretty fast uh methods can speed it up when he needs to he's known as a slow player but like we've seen he he sped it up a lot on ultra when he had to um and we know cap can play fast i would have liked to see vivid in for nero have a subduo of vivid and cap kind of vivid going in first being your entry guy cap being more of your roaming slayer as a sub tj maybe playing a faster flex role than methods holding it down on the ar and trying to get back to mvp form because to me cap and vivid both have higher slaying upside than nero i still think tj's upside is there uh when it needs to be especially like if they were to play a bow cage i think between a sub trio of uh a cap tj and vivid if they're pulling out three subs could be deadly and methods obviously we know he's he's had some mvp like performances this year so far so i would have liked to see cap and vivid as a sub duo to to, you know, maybe raise that slaying potential and maybe if boston struggles they'll bring back in cap uh for nero as cap just did win the challengers event this past week in the challengers cup so uh enough i i don't want to make this podcast too crazy long i want to get into predictions but i just guess i don't know my thought on this is it doesn't improve their slaying upside a ton which to me is the weakness of this team i think they fundamentally and search and destroy wise can go toe-to-toe with almost anyone if they're on uh if they're on that day and on point but I just don't see the the slaying upside improvement, which, like I said, is what I needed to see from this team to really start believing in them at, uh, as a potential dark horse to make a run because they're likely gonna make champs because of their good finishes at tournaments early in the year and how many regular season wins they were able to pile up. Uh, able to pile up, they're probably gonna make champs, and uh, I mean, hopefully they sub in cap in time because I do feel like they have the highest slaying potential with him, which is what they need. All right, last technical roster move. I guess there's one more to talk about, but it's more of just a, a flip-flop back. Um, but last, like, big roster move, LAG, Benched, Asim and Gunless. They bring back in Neptune and Sparked. Um, The one note I wrote on here for my first thing is just, yikes, uh, not a fan of this roster. Like I said, once again, you know, there's always potentially a honeymoon period where the roster could look better right away, and, like, you're going to look back maybe on me saying, yikes, to this roster and be like, hey, they look good right away, but, like, Let's give it like a good amount of time. let's give it like all the stage four qualifiers to we'll see how they look even if they come out hot. I believe they have a tough week this week. Yeah, they play ultra and subliners now. Subliners are back against the wall basically have to win every match to win champs. Um, and Ultra obviously have looked pretty good recently. so those are those are two tough matches for laG to start the week um, and start you know this new era with this new roster. but I just I just don't don't like this roster a lot. Uh, granted, like they had to do something. Asim was really struggling gunless. hadn't looked great since he came back um but they're subbing in two players you know spart obviously fantastic at major two he, he wins that event wins mvp he looks incredible kind of struggles a little bit uh, once the volk is taken out in post major two uh and neptune you know we saw him early on new york granted it's tough to really fully judge him from that because that team was in shambles and was just an absolute mess so hard to judge uh neptune from that but like he didn't look good at all he's looked okay in challenger since then uh he's looked pretty good at times so i guess like you know, Neptune and Spart, they both have high upside. Like, we know Neptune's raw talent is there. Sometimes a lot of people question his plays in the map, um, which is a scary thing to be questioning on a slasher team because, like, a lot of times his teams really rely on structure and making the correct play, and he'll get pretty upset if you don't make the correct play, and that's, that's kind of his system. Like, it's all about making the correct play, and we've heard plenty of players have a complaint about Neptune that he doesn't play the correct way. Um it's just a tough situation because I do think like Asim in Majors one and two is probably this team's best player and most impactful player. But like recently, he's been p- playing poor. Um, Hook hasn't been playing great either. Slasher hasn't been playing great. Like nobody in this team's been playing great. So like I could see a world where all of them are subbed out. I just don't know. I don't know the Neptune and Hook duo. It's like talent wise, they have very high upside, but will they fulfill it? Nah, I don't know. If those two, if Hook is back in MVP form and Neptune is really slaying out, I guess that's that's the path for this team to improve is between. Uh, those two really slaying out and spark hitting mvp form Uh, and then slasher just kind of holding down the back you know i trust slasher to hold it down in the back but like what i just said to me is like way too many ifs like you're hoping that neptune can hit form uh that we really haven't seen from this year we're hoping who can hit an mvp form which is asking a lot and we're hoping spark can get back to his mvp form that we saw him in at major two or at least a very good form like that's a lot of ifs like 75 percent of the team were questioning if they can get back to this form if they can get back to that form so I don't know. Roster is just a mess to me. I kind of think LAG's chalked. I could see a way where, you know, maybe this this improves them a little bit. Because, like, between a Spart, Neptune, Hook trio, you do have a slaying upside to it. Because there is a lot of raw talent there. So, maybe that's where they're going. But there's also a lot of raw talent with Gunless, Acem, and Hook. And it wasn't panning out for slaying potential. So, I guess maybe that's the one path I see for this team. Neptune, Spart, Hook. There's a lot of raw talent there. Maybe they slay out and uh, maybe, especially in a game like Vanguard, where maybe you don't have to play as clean, maybe just that team just running around and slaying out uh, will help them open up the map a little bit and respawn and improve them. So it's hard to get worse because they've looked so bad recently, but I also don't know that this team is like a lock to get a lot better. Uh, Last little piece of news, Prolude is back in for Illy for at least a start of Major 4. Uh, Optic put out like a mini video kind of, announcing that Illy's injury he had a I believe a cortisone shot into his injured thumb and it was about like what did they say, one and a half to two weeks from the shot and the doctor said it usually takes about a month to really get your full range of motion back and really feel completely normal again. So sounds like Illy maybe tried to play a little early from that. Uh didn't wait like the full month, obviously only like a week and a half two weeks like I said. Maybe didn't have his full range of motion, didn't feel completely comfortable and with the way optics look with Prolu, which is you know still like a very good team. There's no reason for Illy to rush back, trying to get him ready for maybe major four at the actual LAN tournament. And then obviously, especially for champs. So, looks like that's what Optic is looking to do. Prolute's coming back in. Hopefully, Ily is ready soon because, like, I think my last video in the title was like, Illy's back. And now in this video, what am I going to title it? is not actually back. Like, um, it's been a flip flop. Kind of sucks for Optic. Cause- I, I can't imagine as a player, obviously, there's a lot of optic fans out there and a lot of optic trolls, but I really can't imagine as a player, first of all, what Illy's going through. We know how passionate he is. That has got to suck to just be like, hey, I think I'm about to play. Oh, just kidding. I got my hopes up and now I got to wait longer. And, like, he's obviously probably in some pain and it's like he just wants to do what he loves and all of a sudden he can't because he's limited with a physical thing. Uh, like, it's got to be super annoying for him and for the team. Like, if I was on the team, I would be losing full, like, we're about to get our man Inder back. Like, he's a great player. He means a lot to their team. And then it's like, you get your hopes up. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, he's not coming back. And that's not a shot at ProLuke because ProLuke is a fantastic player. Um, and it's really been a blessing for Optic to be able to pick him up in almost a seamless transition. Like, obviously, they want Illy back because he's, like, their man. But, I mean, ProLuke's been good, and he's continued to get them good results. They had good qualifiers. You know, obviously, didn't get what they wanted at the major, but they didn't look horrible. It's not like they just fell off and were a completely terrible team. Like, still talking about them as a top-two team. Uh, so prolutes back in just unfortunate situation for illy and for optic in general because it's got to be annoying to just have to constantly flip-flop for something that's kind of out of your control all right we talked about the rosters for a little longer almost 20 minutes there on rosters so hope you guys enjoyed that little segment we're gonna jump into predictions i uh, gonna try to keep this a little bit shorter I, I think people have been enjoying the little shorter podcast formats and stuff and kind of just jumping into predictions so we got a more uh, a few more bounty matches uh this week it kind of seems like they're throwing them into random matches it's so weird because it's not like uh the bounty matches um or something that was super popular the first time it's kind of a little weird gimmick uh, i thought maybe they were gonna like th- when i saw that they're coming back they were gonna like throw them in matches that like mean nothing for the teams to continue to get those teams to try like maybe throw them on like a paris match or um, like the bottom teams that are basically out like New York, which they did throw on a New York match. But that match really matters because it also has Florida who's also fighting for seeding for champs and fighting to get in there. So, I don't know. Bounty match is kind of weird. Kind of a weird fluke thing. But first day of matches. Friday, June 24th. First day of the, or first match of the day. First match of stage four is actually a bounty match. Uh, like I mentioned, New York versus Florida. Oh, man. You guys know how I like to predict these. You know, New York they're desperate their backs are against the wall i think we saw like technically they said every team is uh, they made a video i didn't really watch the full video but cdl made a video that technically every team is um still potentially has a chance to qualify for champs i know paris is something absurd like they probably have to go 5-0 and go maybe actually potentially purposely lose in the first round so they can get more cdl points on winning more matches and losers and then like win it all or something uh and then you know new york's path is obviously very difficult too they got to go like four and one or five and oh and like win the major like it's very tough for those bottom teams to get in but i guess technically no team is dead right now they're saying um which is a little different than last year i guess we knew some teams were dead with months left in the season but this first match tough to predict florida uh a team that is you know has their backs against the wall they made a roster change <clears throat> excuse me um florida just made a roster change obviously they are not in champs right now um they're on the outside looking in, but very close. Like, they obviously have a very good potential, a better potential to make it than the subliners because they're a lot closer. Um And making a roster change, obviously, we think 2 is going to be in. Like I said earlier, I almost hope that maybe, like, it's a little delay in signing 2 real. Um, Maybe a little delay in signing 2 real because maybe that means we'll see Dave Patty be forced to play and then we'll have the, the Awakening Skies Dave Patty major maniac four AR roster and we get to, like, see because, like, people were memeing, like, hey, Clay's going to join this team with Major Maniac, and we're going to have like the slowest team in history with four ARs. And I kind of want it to happen where, like, oh, darn it, like, two real, like, sleeps through his contract signing, and he gets signed a day late, and then all of a sudden Dave Patty's in, and we got the four AR match. Like, that'd be kind of funny to see. Um, and the memes that would come out of it, especially with Florida's Twitter account, like they're probably the team that memes the most. So, like, stuff that would come out of that would be hilarious. But this is a tough one for me to predict, like I said, um, because New York backs against the wall and Florida you guys know if you're a long time listener of the podcast if i pick florida you should immediately go to your pickums and pick the team that they are playing because when i pick florida they lose every single time without fail now if you hear me pick new york in this match you should go to your pickums immediately and you should pick florida because whatever i do in every like you watch i think i'm going to pick minnesota to beat florida later on spoiler alert uh, and i think i'm going to pick florida to win this one so you go to your pickums right now you pick new york to beat florida And you pick Florida to beat Minnesota. You do the opposite of me. And I almost guarantee you it's going to be right. It happens with both Boston this year. It's new because Boston's a new team, obviously. Um, So if I pick Boston, whatever I do in those matches in a Boston, Florida match, you go opposite. And now they played each other and uh, like just recently, and I made a prediction for it. And I thought maybe the curse would be broken. And I'm pretty sure I picked Boston and then Florida won. So I couldn't even break the curse when they played each other. Uh, It still happened to be opposite of what I picked. So if I am picking a Boston or a Florida match, there's four of them this week. You guys go when you pick the opposite. Trust me, you're going to go four for four, and you can thank me when you win that prize from the CDL for being the best at the pick for stage four. It's so a little insider knowledge there for you. Hopefully hopefully, no insider trading gets me in trouble, but first match, Florida-New York. Spent enough time on it. I'm picking Florida, like I said. Uh, I'm going to say 3-2. I think in Florida's first game, Major Maniac brings the ice, and they win a map five. They haven't gone map five a lot. It's a lot of 3-0s, 3-1s for Florida, but going to go bold here and say Florida kind of, puts a dagger in new york's chances to make champs right away and they win 3-2 uh, in a tight match uh, I, could, I could see both these teams winning i think maybe more people are gonna be picking new york than florida because i think a lot of people really like this new york team and for whatever reason they just can't perform at majors uh, three top 12 finishes is tough uh, second match on friday optic versus boston obviously optic like i mentioned pro Lute back in for illy I still like OpTic in this match. I still like it in a 3-1, I think. Uh, If this one goes map 5, it'll be an interesting one. Because, like I said, I I put Boston as one of those teams that maybe I don't favor them in every map 5. But I I do feel like they are a team that, if it goes to map 5, I do think they have some clutch factor in them. And I like their team in Search and Destroy. I think they have a very good chance... To beat a lot of these teams in search and destroy, I think they're probably a top half of the league, top six search team at, a, at, uh, at the least. So I like them, but I like OpTic a little more, and I like OpTic a lot more in respawns. So I could see this being a series where uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to say OpTic's going to take the control, and probably both hard points and win in a 3-1 fashion, but I could see a way that OpTic takes the search, because they're also a good search team. But I think this is a 3-1 written all over it. I'll give Boston a map, because I do think with a roster change, they're going to maybe start to look a little improved in the short term. Uh, even though i don't know how much they're gonna prove long term it seems like every time you make a roster change you at least look a little bit better off the rip just because you know it's a honeymoon period maybe people are trying a little bit harder to prove that you know like they weren't the issue to like to the roster and like if the roster doesn't get any better they're gonna start to question if uh they bench the wrong person so i think a lot of people like to prove that wrong uh so i think boston will play a little tougher but i got optic 3-1 final match on friday we got ultra gorillas um Another team that made a roster change uh, they're just throwing uh, I wonder if they did that on purpose they got Boston gorillas in Florida the three roster change teams right on the top uh, on Friday so we get to see all those new look teams but it's ultra gorillas like I said of the roster changes I, I see a path for Florida because they were already so bad with pacing uh, in the three ARs. so like the fact that they have three hours is uh, not new to them and I don't know much about the two real kid but people will say he's very talented so I feel like Florida could slightly improve. I think Boston could, you know, like stay stagnant or have like a mini honeymoon period. I think LAG could do the same, but I just, I just don't know how I feel about this LAG roster. And I feel like Toronto is always one of the safest picks in the CDL because it doesn't really seem like Toronto has an off series. They'll lose series, obviously, but I mean, I, I guess in the middle of the year they had a lot of off series when they weren't good. But when Florida's been good, or since the Cold War roster was formed, when uh when Toronto, I said when Florida, when Toronto has been good since the Cold War roster was formed with Cami uh, Kleenex. Insight and bans When they have been good, they're one of the most consistent teams. Like they don't really ever have matches where it's like wow Toronto later dud. Like they may lose, but they always at least seem to keep it competitive for the most part. So Toronto's one of those teams that I don't know that I can see LAG upsetting. So I'm gonna go Toronto. Uh let's go into 3-1 fashion. Could see this going map five, and I'm definitely picking Ultra in that, but let's go 3-1. First match on Saturday is Ultra again versus the Royal Ravens. An interesting one here because Gizmo is back. London's back to their roster with a lot of talent. I could see this being kind of a trap match for Ultra. Maybe they're coming off a win against LAG. They're feeling good. You know, it was the last match they just had played the last night. Come back less than 24 hours later, and they're playing against the Ravens, you know, who have been struggling recently. Gizmo's back. Could see this being a trap match. You guys know I've been riding for Ravens all year. I kind of want to pick them in this one. I think I might go bold and pick Ravens. Uh in like a 3-2 fashion. But the more I think about that, I just got done talking about how I trust Ultra almost more than any team in Search and Destroy. So I'm gonna go ultra three two. Um, I really thought about picking Ravens here because, like I said, with Gizmo back, I do think this puts them back to their best iteration of the roster by far. How good they looked, although maybe I think it'll take Gizmo a little bit of time to get back into the groove of this team. I can see them drastically improving from where they were, but I think maybe it takes till week two or three until we really see the Ravens back on the uptick and like showing their potential again. Uh, I definitely think they have a chance to win this series, but I just like ultra in a map five if it's going there because. London has been shaky in search-and-destroy for a lot of the season, and Ultra, obviously, like I said, one of the best search-and-destroy teams out there. You can always trust them. So I'm going Ultra 3-2, but I think that series has banger potential uh, to be one of the best of the week that's kind of being slept on, because I think there are some other series out there this week that a lot of people uh, would be looking at to be better series. Second match of Saturday, Subliners, Gorillaz. Uh, gorillas, you know, kind of trying to fight uh, fight to hang on to that champ spot they got. That'd be kind of wild if they fall out of champs having won an event. Like, you would think, like, if you won an event, you're basically locked into champs. You know, Kyle and I in the beginning of the year made the argument that that should be the format. I still think winning a major, since there's only four of them, should lock you into champs. Uh, and it won't be that bad this year because, like, you know, Optic obviously going to make champs regardless, Surge probably going to make champs regardless, (laughs) and then gorillas, uh, chance that they don't make champs well, they won a major that's like ridiculous to think about that means you've got to have a pretty bad rest of the year um so kind of wild Grills are trying to fight to not be embarrassed by that and subliners obviously backs against the wall basically have to be perfect i do like subliners in this one though uh i think it could get a little interesting should they lose the first match to florida like i predicted if they're basically dead in the water maybe we see subliners start to troll um maybe make some like weird changes and like trying out new players so like if they are basically eliminated by this point, it could be kind of chalked, and we could be picking LAG, but I like subliners in this one. I like them in a – man, uh, I like them in a three. I want to keep picking like – I want to pick a couple 3 O's here because there always are a few, but it's like it's tough. Um, you know, screw it. I'm going to go bold and say New York 3-0s. I think – there's a potential they're coming off a win against Florida. Obviously, I didn't pick it, but there's obviously a potential they could win that match, um, and they're going to try to carry that momentum. Like, let's say they do steamroll Florida. If they steamroll LAG and you know get some momentum, being two and zero, like maybe they start to believe that the dream is alive for champs, and maybe they roll Gorillas. I'll say three uh, zero. I don't like the fact that I picked Gorillas to go what one and six on map count because even though I don't have faith in the roster, like I said, you typically tend to see a team play at least decent uh, and maybe get a win pretty quickly after they make a roster change, just because of That honeymoon period and then that period of everybody trying like a little extra hard to prove that they weren't the problem. But I'm gonna go subliners 3 0. Let's go bold. Then we've got optic versus rocker Mountain Dew marquee match on Saturday. This should be a banger potential. Obviously, rocker went 5 0 in the stage three qualifiers. They looked uh, unbeatable online, they looked great. They got the number one seed and then they kind of bottomed out top eight at the tournament, I believe it was. Uh, didn't look good, definitely did not live up to that one seed. They got beat in the first round by eight seed Thieves, the last team in the winner's bracket. Um, and then Optic, obviously, I was excited to see Illy back. Now he's not back. I still think Optic's a very good team, but I, I do think they're better with Illy. Um, no shot at Prolute, though. He's been fantastic. This is almost one where I want to go with Minnesota, but I think I kind of have to go with my theory, and that's basically you pick Optic and Phase in every match um, because Optic and Phase tend to go four and one basically in every qualifier or better like you know 3 and 2 at the worst they don't really ever seem to do worse than that so optic and faze are always going to win a majority of their qualifying matches so it's hard to pick against them you just like kind of have to randomly choose it right i do think there's definitely upset potential here because rocker has looked so good online but i like i like optic here i'm going to say it's going to be a 3-2 i think this one's going to be an extended series like I said, could be a toss-up. I don't love picking against Rocker in a Mat-5 because they have guys like Havoc, who's a good search player, Attach, who we know is Mr. Iceman. Standy can be very good in search as well. Um, this team overall could potentially be a great search team at any time. So hard to pick against them in a Mat-5, but uh, I kind of have this theory where I pretty much pick FaZe Optic in almost any match unless I'm really, really feeling that other team because FaZe Noptic win a majority of their matches, as you can see by the standings this year. Um, final match on Saturday, Thieves Breach. I don't know why, but I feel like Breach is actually not a bad pick to pull off an upset. By the way, this is the other bounty match of the week. This is uh, where the players get the extra money for winning. I don't know why, like, when I saw this match, Breach kind of stared me in the face, and I thought maybe I'll pick them here as kind of, I don't know. It's two teams that are, I feel like, pretty close in a lot of people's eyes. I think right now maybe Thieves are more favored because they've looked better as of late than Boston. Uh, But they're so inconsistent. Like, in all five of their qualifier matches, I believe it was a 3-0 or they got three old like they they played like in their in their qualifiers for stage three they played like 15 total maps because it was five three o's like they played no maps the least amount of maps you could possibly play because um, it was either three or three every time like i said uh, boy i feel like i favor boston and search here i feel like i favor thieves and respawns and for that reason we're gonna go three two uh three one geez i can't speak today three one thieves um I guess I am maybe thinking Thieves are going to win three respawns, but I could see a world where Boston could definitely take one and they force him at five and kind of all hell breaks loose. But I'm going to go with Thieves here just because, as of late, they've seemed to be the better team. I don't necessarily think that the subduo on Thieves is super strong because Kenny's been shaky and Envoy has been overall very good this year but has had his down moments as well. But the Nero and Vivid subduo on Boston I also don't think is crazy. Kind of two weak subduos. Um, in terms of consistency and slaying consistency going at it. So I don't think one team really overwhelms each other in the matchup department. Uh, I think Octane and Methods can pretty well match each other. And I also think that, you know, like TJ and Draza can pretty well match each other. Overall, I don't think these teams have any like crazy matchup differences. I just like Thieves a little bit more because they've been good recently um, and have looked pretty decent, you know, finishing top two at the, um, the Pro Am and then finishing top four at the last major. Like overall, just been a little better. So I'm taking them 3 1. Final day of matches, Sunday, June 26th. Uh, honestly, kind of a weird day of matches. Maybe not too many matches that people think are going to be that close. We've got the defending champ, Seattle Surge, going up against Paris Legion. Uh, I feel like, you know, I, I always say I like to pick 3 0s. So I feel like this is where you've got to go for a 3 0. Um, you've got to think that. The surge are going to win obviously the rumor is that johnny's in for paris but you've got jimbo then uh in canada still you know struggling his ping has been pretty high uh compared to the players in the lobby you've got johnny you know playing in his potential first uh cdl match granted we've heard from a lot of people that johnny looks a lot better online than on land but it's a johnny and jimbo subduo not like overwhelming there and then temp obviously has been great this year and gravity has been a decent main ar but like they're playing the defending champs. I feel like this is the point where i got to pick a 3-0, so going 3-0 surge here over Paris. Second match of Sunday, second-to-last match of the weekend, Florida-Rocker. Another awfully interesting one here. You know, Florida, mysterious, coming off the roster change. Minnesota, you know, dominant, like I said, in stage 3 qualifiers and struggled at the LAN. Uh, it's online, though. Minnesota looks good. I feel like they're definitely the more finished product right now and the, the product that we feel like we know a little bit better, even though they have also been very inconsistent. But... For the fact that I feel like I know him a little better, I'm going Rocker in this one. I think I'm actually going to say this one extends to a 3-2, though. Uh, Florida, you know, they haven't played a lot of 3-2s this year, but there's a lot of mystery with that roster, and I do feel like Major Maniac always seems to make things close, uh, regardless of how I like the structure of the roster or not. We'll see if the 2 real kid is legit, if he is actually the play, but I'm going to go Minnesota 3-2. I trust their search and destroy a little bit more, even with Mr. Iceman Major Maniac on the other team. Final match of the week, marquee uh, match, the Mountain Dew marquee match of Sunday. Phase Thieves. Um, did I mention I like to pick three 0s because there's always some. Yeah, I'm going to go three O here. Uh, I think Phase dominate Thieves. They had their number at the land. They three O'd them and just really stomped them there. Uh, phase just it seems like respawn talent wise is just head and shoulders above Thieves. And they've been struggling recently in search, but I would definitely say that they're a better search team than Thieves. Like it's coming down to one map of search to you know win a win a tournament, win an event. I'm still taking the team with Simp and a BZ on it because both of them are fantastic search players. And so was Celium, and so was Arceides. They've just been struggling recently, but I'm taking that team uh, over that Thieves team any day in search. Um, when it really comes down to it, and respawn wise, they seem to outclass them recently when they play them. So I'm going Phase Three O. That's gonna do it for this one though. Uh, really got through everything I wanted to cover. I wanted to cover the roster changes. Maybe went a little longer on the roster changes than I wanted to, but I was getting into it. I was getting passionate. I enjoy talking about roster stuff so much. Also, it was fun to get back into. Um, my predictions and get back to talking about some matches because you know it's been a while because for some reason uh the cdl keeps on just putting these random breaks in the middle of the year but if you guys enjoyed this one be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe on youtube comment down below your thoughts on the roster changes your predictions for this week i'd love to hear them uh and if you could subscribe if you enjoyed that'd be greatly appreciated because we're on the road to 500 subs uh maybe have some newer things in the works cooking up but on the road to 500 subs, that'd be kind of a crazy goal uh, to hit that I could have never imagine. But it would be awesome to hit that, so I'd appreciate it if you guys would hit that sub button. If you're on the audio platforms, you want to drop a follow, drop a review on there. The support over on those has been crazy as well. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, that's going to do it for this one, though. I will see you in the next one. Hope you guys enjoy watching the first matches for Stage 4. Look forward to reading your comments down below, and I will see you in the next one. Thanks for watching, everyone.